Hearing voices? I'm hearing voices. You're listening to Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. Today on Hearing Voices, some personal thoughts about that which is dear. A place, a season, and a friend who died a couple of weeks ago. Also, some random thoughts written on the back of an envelope that once housed tickets to an event that, like many, were canceled because of COVID-19. Well, here we are. We have arrived at what feels like summer, and I, for one, am ready. This weekend will feature a return trip to an important place of my youth, one that made me who I am today in so many ways, most of them good and a few of them bad. In my old age, I find that I'm getting really nostalgic about places and people that are associated with them. So, a bunch of us from different generations will gather on the shores of Cory Lake this weekend and enjoy our time together at Camp Eberhardt. No expectations, just a few work projects and the like. Yesterday, I had Shelby Visser on this show. She's a great guest, but I have her on because I love the concept of a family farm. And I love fresh produce. Asparagus and strawberries that slept in the field last night are hard to beat. I prefer the asparagus to be grilled and the strawberries to be chilled, served with real heavy whipped cream. Absolutely sublime. And my love for Midwestern sweet corn is, of course, well chronicled. My hope this year was to provide a few bigger name guests on this show. And so far, wow. It's been an honor to interview David Gergen, Paul Page, Sig Hansen, amazing musicians like Mark Pruitt, Don McLean, a girl named Tom, the legendary Mo Bandy, along with baseball Zach Hampel, and many more. Stay tuned. The months ahead provide a great list as well. If you'd like to email and suggest a guest, or if you have a comment, you may do so. The email address, long but easy, hearingvoicesradio at gmail.com. That's all one word, hearingvoicesradio at gmail.com. And I promise to respond. Well, in 1982, while still a student at Hope College, I reached out to Dick Hall to ask about an incident in which he had been involved in. A crazy man showed up at his office and wired a shotgun to Dick's neck. He was held hostage for 63 hours. He took my call but said, it's been my policy not to speak publicly about it. When I explained that I was just a college student working on a paper, he repeated himself. And then he hung up. 20 years later, I was in a Bible study with a couple of guys, and I realized that one of them was the guy who wouldn't talk to me two decades earlier. By then, he was a friend with whom I'd spent considerable time, unaware of his identity, but aware of his past. A short time later, we began to meet weekly to discuss issues of faith, family, and our shared triumphs and struggles with substance, calamity, and the various speed bumps that life can throw your way. Those meetings were wonderful and a treasured time where I grew a great deal as a person and a friendship developed organically. No subject was off limits, and we lovingly pushed each other to do the next right thing one day at a time. Our time together ebbed and flowed, but we were always close. In November of 2016, Dick asked me to lunch. It wasn't unusual, but the lunch changed my life forever. On the table, he laid a folder and asked me what I thought of the proposals and requests that were in it, all of them dating back to 1977. He had responded to none of them, and I told him it didn't matter what I thought if he wasn't ready to tell his story. His response was, well, I've been thinking. The next few months cast me in the role of project manager, protector, 
negotiator, and storyteller. Our friendship was on steroids as Dick's autobiography came to life. I have a financial interest in that project and can't ethically talk more about it on the radio. And that's fine, but I do want to talk more about my friend Dick, who died two weeks ago after a short illness. In life, you are much more than your biggest accomplishment, and likely so much more than your worst moments. It's important to not let others, even the media or the public, be the ones who define you. They don't know the whole story, and even if they did, your identity is determined by God, family, and friends, with your cooperation, of course. Remember that. Your identity is determined by God, family, and friends with your cooperation. Well, Dick worked very hard at his spiritual fitness. He was less worried about the specifics of theology and more about developing what he called a personal, intimate relationship with God. He encouraged others to do the same thing and then to live out that relationship in all of your affairs. He loved his kids. He loved his partner, Mary Jo, and he loved his friends oh so very well. He also loved Purdue University, Sigma Chi Fraternity, the Indianapolis Colts, sailing on Lake Maxenhall, flying almost anywhere, and the principles of the program which saved his life. It's been a sad couple of weeks as I've mourned the death of one of my closest friends, but I'll never forget the many lessons that I've learned from him. Lessons like trust God, look for the good, finish strong, really care about people. And it's always worth the cost and the risks that those things may entail. The world may have known Dick Hall for 63 hours in 1977. However, if that's all they knew, they knew an event. They didn't know the person. The person who mentored me and inspired me to mentor others and to learn to trust. So today I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you to grow your spiritual fitness regardless of your specific theology. Also to mentor folks and to take time to remember that every single person you meet is much more than the world or the media tells you that they are. Well, it's finally summertime and there's no better place in the world to spend summer than Western Michigan. So get outside this weekend and enjoy it. I'm off to Three Rivers for a reunion with friends this weekend, and I'll likely celebrate with some fresh grilled asparagus and cold strawberries served with freshly whipped cream.